There's a song that was out in the 90s by Alanis Morissette called Ironic. Now, probably some of you are already singing this song in your head, and I can only apologize because it will just stick with you. I keep on singing it um, for the last three days. I've just been singing it around and around in my head. But this song basically rhymes off ironic things, or to be honest, not so ironic things, but just things, bad things sometimes that happen in life. The list goes a bit like this. A black fly in your Chardonnay, a death row pardon, two minutes too late, but worse than the Chardonnay, a traffic jam when you're already late, hundreds of spoons and all you need is a knife. This song, in a catchy, irritating way, tells us what life is like sometimes. Because sometimes life doesn't go to plan. I love a plan. I'm a big planner. I plan and then I replan and then an extra plan. I'm going away on holiday in two and a half weeks and this afternoon in between Wimbledon and the World Cup, I was planning like what I was going to take in clothes and then planning out like when I was going to wear them. I love a plan, really love it. But even if you're a great planner, plans can sometimes go wrong. Plans can sometimes not happen. Maybe in your life, a plan for a holiday hasn't happened, or plans to go to university haven't happened. Or maybe something has happened in your life that has changed your life plan. Maybe it's been a death. Maybe it's been a relationship that has broken down. Maybe it's been a job loss. Maybe it's been a shift in something that you believe and you knew as true and now you just don't know anymore. Plans in life can change and that can be really difficult. Our passage this morning from Ruth shows us three women whose plans changed, whose life plans changed dramatically. And I think this evening, sorry, Bear with me. I think this evening we can learn two things from these women about faith. I think we can learn how faith, when plans change, or just faith in our life, should be rooted in hope and shown in loving kindness. Faith should be rooted in hope and shown in loving kindness. Before we get into the passage, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you know us, each one of us here this evening. That you know the lives that we have had and the lives we are going to have. And you know the plans that we have made that have come to pass and that's been absolutely fantastic. And the plans that we've made that have not happened. And how we hold that deeply and for some of us, that's hard and difficult to even think of. Help us tonight as we open up this passage to hear how to still be faithful in those times and what it means to be rooted in hope and to show 
loving kindness. For we pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Our passage is from the start of this book of Ruth. Now, the book of Ruth is a small book in the Bible found in the Old Testament. It's one of only two books in the Bible that is named after a woman. The other book is Esther. And this book of Ruth is a book that tells us about what this woman's life, Ruth, is all about. But it starts with Naomi. Ruth's mother-in-law, and it starts with Naomi and her husband and her two sons leaving Bethlehem and Judah and going to Moab because there was a famine in Bethlehem. They went to Moab and they settled there. And Naomi's two sons married two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. I keep on saying Oprah, it's not. Orpah. <laughs> So we've got Naomi married, and her two sons are married as well, living in Moab. Now, Moab was um, a tribe that was in conflict with the Israelites. So uh, Naomi and her family were living in a foreign land. They weren't part of the Moabite tribe. But Ruth and Orpah, where? Then the passage where we pick up today in verse 6 tells us of how Naomi and Ruth and Orpah's husbands had died. We've now got three widowed women. And Naomi turns to her daughters-in-law and says, let's leave Moab and go back to Judah and Bethlehem because I hear that the famine's over. So they, make, they start making this journey. And I'm interested to know how far they went on the journey until Naomi turned to the women, her daughters-in-law, and said, no, go, leave me. Go back, like, save yourselves. Go find other husbands. I'm old. I can't give you another sons, another husband, so go. And then we have Orpah leaving and going back to Moab, and we have Ruth staying with Naomi. And at the end of our passage, doing this wonderful, beautiful declaration of her commitment and love to Naomi. It's an amazing passage. But it's a passage that doesn't really ring out this determined faith that is our title for today. I think when I think of determined faith, I think of these like warriors of faith that all this bad stuff happens and they're like, no, I will be determined. That's my picture of what like determined faith looks like. It's much more aggressive than what we find in our passage this evening. But I think actually what we find in our passage is the much better side of determined faith because we find this gentle, dedicated, loving, sacrificial side of determined faith. I think what we find in our passage is a determined faith that goes deeper and stronger 
than a, the determined faith I think of that stamps their feet and says, I will get on with this no matter what. Then we find a determined faith in these women that is rooted in hope and is shown in loving kindness. The start of our passage, we see determined faith that is rooted in hope. The three women left their home and left their lives in Moab for hope of a better life. And they were determined to do something about this. The three women's husbands had died, and now they were all in a land and in a position where they were classed as vulnerable and would have felt isolated in their own community. This was not the plan that Naomi had, I'm sure, when her and her family left Bethlehem to go to Moab, that she would be widowed and alone. And I'm sure it wasn't the plan of Ruth and Orpah when they married these men that they would be widowed and alone. But they were in this position. But they had the faith to change and do something about it. These women left where they were and traveled a dangerous journey for three women to travel in that time alone would have been very dangerous. They traveled because they believed that God could provide something better. They had hope in the God that they knew, a God that provided for them, that loved them, that knew them. When their plans changed, they still had hope that God would turn up, that God would do something for their life. They went from being objects of their lives to being subjects of their lives. The hope meant that they did something. I also think at this point, it's really interesting that these three women are the center of this passage. We have three women who are hopeful, who are faithful, who are going after what they believe of God then this is a, an amazing book for that. If you want to read a book that has strong female characters, if that's your kind of reading, then read the book of Ruth. We see determined faith rooted in hope. To be determined in our faith is held together by the hope that there can be change. Life does not stay still. I don't know if you knew that. Life moves, our lives move, our lives change. Our plans sometimes come to fruition and sometimes they don't. But it sometimes feels like this. But we know that God is with us. That God will never leave us or forsake us even when our plans change. He is always fighting for us. His love will never run dry. And this is what we hope for each day. This is what we put our hope in each day. And these women are examples of that, putting their hope and their faith in God and being determined that he will come through for them. I think this week we see this kind of hope shown. 
The kind of hope that says that hundreds of people will gather around a cave in Thailand to try and save 13 people who are inside. And the kind of hope that made 13 people inside the cave long that hundreds of people would be outside the cave fighting for their lives. These people who had hope, they had hope in skill, in ability, in they had hope that the weather forecast would be incorrect, in enough strength and health for these people to make the five-hour journey, hope in equipment. Therefore, they kept on taking risk after risk. For Christians, our hope is not found in all these things. Our hope is found in the existence of a loving and good God. This is where the root of our hope lies. That when we are determined, when we have our plans change, that we can still have hope that God is with us, that God is for us. The main gist of our passage is the incredible love that Ruth showed Naomi. She says this famous declaration of commitment to Naomi in verse 16 and 17. She says this, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Ruth owed Naomi nothing. The sensible and practical thing to do would be for Ruth to go back to Moab. Orpah went back to Moab, back to maybe find another husband, back to her community. But Ruth didn't. She declared a covenant kind of commitment, an extraordinary kind of kindness, a sacrificial kind of love to Naomi, and continued with her on the journey to Bethlehem to remain hopeful and determined in the face of uncertainty, in the face of plans being changed, on the face of times that are difficult, is not easy. And at these times, each one of us has a choice in how our faith will impact our lives. In one commentary I was reading this week, I was saying about how he was at a golden wedding anniversary dinner. And he was saying at this dinner, the husband got up to speak and he said, um, we've been through good times and bad times. And at the end of it, he said, but I really hope that everything we've been through has made us better, not bitter. For Ruth, she chose that her life not going to plan made her better. She showed it in loving kindness, and not just lip service kind of kindness. She promised a covenant level of commitment and devotion to Naomi, 
This covenant declaration is described as combining the warmth of God's fellowship with the security of God's faithfulness. This is profound. She showed the kind of commitment to Naomi as combining the warmth of God's fellowship with the security of God's faithfulness. And we see this as well in the passage, if you have it in front of you, in the language that Ruth uses and in the actions that she took. The language that Ruth takes is using the name for God of Yahweh, that is saying to Naomi, I am committed to your God as well. It's not using her own Moabite gods, but it's saying, Yahweh, your God be my God. There's something deep about what she is declaring to Ruth. And the action that she took says in verse 14 that Ruth clung to Naomi. This clinging showed a different level of commitment and intimacy between these two women. This word is also used in Deuteronomy 10, 20, where believers are told to cling to God. This is not just a little hug and going, okay, sure, sure, sure. This is something deep and committed that, that, Neo, that Ruth was showing Naomi. Both Ruth's words and her actions show a depth of their relationship. And this kind of covenant that they have is an example to us of kindness that we are called to. But we also find this in the life of Jesus. We find this kind of loving kindness, of this devotion and commitment in what Jesus has done for each one of us and the way that he lived his life. Jesus spent day after day hour after hour, minute after minute, pouring himself out for others. He showed outcasts time. He spoke to people nobody else would speak to. He called sinners friends. He traveled to heal. He transformed people's lives. And ultimately, he died for the world. Covenant loving kindness is marked by sacrifice and commitment. It is born from this, this determined faith. Covenant relationships are not just writing a nice note to somebody or buying a cup of coffee for somebody in the street or texting a friend. As much as these things are great and are needed, covenant kindness is seen in sacrifice and commitment. Ruth sacrificed her future for her commitment to her mother-in-law. Covenant loving kindness today is seen in housing a refugee or offering a family to a foster child or visiting an elderly relative every single week or giving away money you would have spent for your own enjoyment for someone else or giving up those precious days of annual leave to spend time with somebody that really needs this. This is not easy, but one of the wonderful things is that what this loving kindness does is it is 
is transformational. When we take part in this kind of loving kindness, then it transforms people's lives. It transforms our communities. It transforms our workplaces. It transforms this world. And we see this in Naomi's response in chapter 2, verse 13, when she turned and she said, you have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant. Naomi's life was transformed because of the loving kindness that Ruth showed her. When we do this kind of loving kindness, when we have determined faith that is rooted in hope and is shown in loving kindness, then what happens is lives are transformed. We are transformed. People we love's lives are transformed. Our community's lives are transformed. That's our hope. Determined faith is often not glamorous or showy is not found in digging your heels in, in shouting louder, you know, being more, more, that's the only action I can do for what I'm thinking. It is found in being rooted in hope, and it's found in being shown in loving kindness. For us all, whether life has gone to plan or whether you feel like your life plan is in smithereens. This passage gives us an example of determined faith in the aftermath of lives not gone to plan. And this faith is rooted in hope and shown in loving kindness. Maybe this week you want to read through the book of Ruth. It's a short book, it's four chapters long, But as you read it, maybe you want to hold both of these themes, hope and loving kindness, and see where God leads you through these words. Maybe the people's lives that you are to show hope to, show loving kindness to, maybe in your life where you need hope, where you need God to be maybe loving kindness to you. And maybe in that, we will see transformation because God will move and his spirit will be part of what you are doing.